I want to be part of a power-packed, end-time, apostolic church that is everything that God wants us to be. In 1987, Bill Elliott set the record at the Talladega Super Speedway for the fastest lap in a, in a uh, stock car at 112 miles per hour. In 1987, Brother Ben, and that record still stands today. Technology has improved since 1987. Safety has improved since 1987. Tires have improved. Fuel, everything has improved since 1987. But those of you that are NASCAR uh, fans know what happened after 1987. They put restrictor plates on the carburetors of those cars so they cannot run as fast as they are designed to run. I don't want anything on the church that prevents it from being everything that God designed us to be. I may not get any further than this in my message tonight, but this is what I want to preach to you. It is, I don't want any tradition. I don't want any, 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 anything from this world, anything from culture that would prevent the church from being everything that God wants this church to be. Amen. Yes. amen. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. We already read it, so somebody say amen. amen. And you can be seated tonight. Culture has a way of affecting and modifying religion. The temple that is spoken of in the New Testament that we see Jesus chasing people out of with a scourge and he's, he's driving away the money changers. We see the apostles and the prophets there assembled there in the New Testament. They have church there. That temple that we read about is never really described too much in the Bible, but it's the same temple that was built by uh, in, the, in the books of Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, and Zechariah. It was built by a delegation of Jews. They came back there and uh, they, they built that temple. But, but then Herod began to make modifications to it. And the design that God had given to His people became modified and, it, and, it, and he added... Uh, Herod added Greek facades and Greek columns and, and uh, he added the, the court of the Gentiles. And all of a sudden, what God had designed became swallowed up by culture. I don't want the end time apostolic church to be anything other than what God designed us to be. There's... <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 3.10, Paul writes, he says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He also said that we're built on the foundation. Of, G of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple of the Lord. The foundation of the church was set in the first century. The foundation of the church and the pattern of revival and harvest and evangelism was set in the first century. And Paul said this, though we are an angel... 
we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. He said, I say it again. If any man preach any gospel unto you other than that you have received, let him be accursed. We, we often quote a line from Hebrews, and I'll, I'll read it here in just a moment. But he says this, Be not carried away with diverse and strange doctrines. He preceded that with saying, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be not carried away about with, divi- with diverse doctrines and strange doctrines. The Passion Translation says this, So don't let anyone lead you astray with all sorts of novel and exotic teachings. He said, Do not be attracted by strange and new ideas. I didn't bring my Bible with me. I just have it on my iPad. I wish I had one. Give me that Bible. i got to have a prop here. Keep my hands busy. The book of Acts is given to us Not just so that we would know and be able to see the plan of salvation. But it is given to us as an example of what God can do through the church. Of what God will do through the church. But also what the church should be doing. It is our roadmap. It is our blueprint. The end time apostolic church cannot take its cues from the world. Somebody say amen. I'm going to say that again. The end time apostolic church cannot take its cues from the world. It cannot take its cues from religious traditions. It can't take its cues from other denominations. The end time apostolic church cannot be like Herod's temple, a a facade around what God had intended. But we've got to be exactly what God designed us to be. We need to get in this book. We need to get into the acts of the apostles apostles and find out what were the acts of the apostles we cannot fit an end time apostolic revival inside the mold of a traditional 21st century powerless traditional mold we've got to be an apostolic church this church breaks molds this church must not conform to the expectations of the church world. The apostolic church has to adopt apostolic principles for a last day, latter rain, outpouring upon all flesh. The church is not meant to fit in. The church is meant to stand out. We've got to be different from every church down the, uh, down the street. Let me just come on down here where, 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 where you're living. We don't need to look at anybody else to figure out what end time revival is supposed to look like. We don't need to look at anybody else to try to figure out how to have revival. Who we need to look at is we need to look at the book and we need to align ourselves with the will of God. We don't need... To we don't need to look at the Catholics, the Baptists, the, the, the Presbyterians. We don't need to look at uh, the non-denominational world. We don't need to look at the charismatic movement. In fact, we don't even need to look at other apostolic churches. What we need to look at is what saith the Lord to us. Oh, I wish you'd shout unto God and give Him praise. We cannot be like 
like David was when the Philistines took the ark down to Philistia. They took that ark. I don't remember if they took it to Gath or, or what city they took it to. But whenever they took it down there and everybody got sick and they basically hung a sign on that thing that said, take it back to Jerusalem. They built a cart. They built a new cart and they hitched it to two cows. And they loaded that ark on the cart and they took that cart those cows led that cart back to Judah. When David decided we need to bring the ark back to Jerusalem, David decided, well, if it was good enough for the Philistines, it must be good enough for us. And David built a new cart. And they put that ark on the new cart. And they began to take it to Jerusalem. But when the oxen began to shake, and whenever Uzzah reached out to grab the ark, the Bible says that God smote Uzzah dead right there in his sandals. I want you to understand, it doesn't matter how the world does it. It doesn't matter how denominal Christianity moves God. We've got to move God according to... We've got to... We've got to align ourselves with the book. We must have apostolic principles. We must follow apostolic principles. And so I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about some apostolic principles from the book of Acts. I'm not going to preach very long. In fact, I'm probably half done. Uh, some of you would say maybe I'm half-baked, but I'm about half-done with this message tonight, I believe. But I want to talk to you about some apostolic principles. And I want to start in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4. I joked with the, with the, with the guys this evening uh, before we came up here uh, as, as we were praying in the office. And I said this might turn into a 50-week series. You laugh, but I've taught over a year series out of the book of Acts before. Just not here. So I have lots of material. But if we want apostolic results, we've got to follow apostolic principles. I was talking to someone and they said, you know, it seems like in the apostolic church it's more important to be apostolic than it is to be Christ-like. And that's not accurate whatsoever. We need to adopt and follow Christ-like principles. In fact, if we're filled with the Holy Ghost and we're seeking after Him, He's going to make us like Him. We're going to be transformed in his, into His image from glory to glory, even as by the working of the Spirit that is on the inside of us. But Jesus gives us an example of our character, but the book of Acts tells the church how we are supposed to conduct ourselves as the church. And so, Acts chapter 1, verse number 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, they commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And I'm just going to talk about a couple of principles from the book of Acts tonight, and then we're going to spend some time in prayer. Uh, but the first principle I want to share with you was that Jesus told them, wait for the promise of the Father. Before you do any... I know you've got a world to reach. I know there's only, there was only a, a 
Some scholars think that there was uh, maybe, maybe 500 people there that were he- hearing these instructions from Jesus. Maybe it was just the 11 apostles. I, I wasn't there, and it doesn't say, Brother Tex, who all was there. But in the midst of all this, Jesus has already been crucified. He's already been resurrected. He's already spent 40 days with them, talking to them and telling them things uh, concerning the kingdom of God. And they know the responsibility that they have, Brother Pat, to reach a dying world. But Jesus looks at them and says, Before you tell the first person, before you baptize the first person in Jesus' name, Before you tell the first person to repent, you better go wait until you're endued with power from on high. The first principle of the apostolic church is an absolute dependence on God. We better let that sink in for a minute. Because if we're not careful, Brother Anderson, and thank you for doing such a a, a wonderful job, and the praise team, didn't they do good tonight? Don't you like... They, they sung, wait on the Lord. I think I'm preaching that right now. They, they, they did such a marvelous job. But if we're not careful, we'll say, well, they're talented. We know how to come in the house of God. We know how to clap our hands on beat or off beat. It depends on which church you're in. We know how to lift our hands. We know how to say amen when the preacher quotes one of those real hot scriptures. You know, like, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We know how to say amen. We know how to clap our hands the right time. We know how to stand to our feet the right time. But if we are not careful, we will get in such a a, a habit. We'll get in such a mindset that we can do this without Jesus. He said to them these words in red, I am the vine and you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Church, we need to be engaged with things that if God doesn't show up, it's going to be a failure. We do too much stuff. No, we do too little stuff that depends solely on God showing up and working. Hey, come here for a minute, buddy. You're you're a fine young man. I don't care what anybody else says about you. Okay? Now, let's see if you can follow directions. Lay down. That's good. That's good. Better than my puppy dog. Somebody's trained him pretty good. Good job, sister. No, 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 no. I didn't tell you to set up. I take it back. Oh, that would, okay. Dan, just, you need to pray for a little bit. The first day after the day of Pentecost, Peter and John on their way to prayer. And I wish I had a cup for you to rattle or something. You can set up a little bit. All right. And, he said, he, this lame man's asking in alms. And, and Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. What did he have? He had the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. He didn't have... <clears throat> he won't go blow on him. He won't go throw his coat on him. He won't go flick oil on him. 
all he did was took him by the right hand and said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk we need more situations brother Josh where we depend completely on God we can do all this stuff inside the building I can preach loud whether I'm anointed or not we can, we can crank it up, Brother Bobby. We can crank it up, man. And we don't even need the Holy Ghost to be loud. But we need the Holy Ghost to do miracles. We need the Holy Ghost to see people set free. We need the Holy... God, give up. And so they had an understanding. We're going to go to a 10-day prayer meeting. And I, I assume, Brother Matt, if they needed it to be a 12-day prayer meeting or a 15-day prayer meeting, they prayed until they were endued with power from on high. Would you throw your hands in the air and ask God to endue us with power from on high? God, I don't want to operate in the flesh. I don't want to do this church thing just operating under my own abilities, my own talents. But God... I want you to anoint me and empower me so that I can lay hands on people at work and they're set free from addiction. So that I can lay hands on my friends and they're set free from depression. God, anoint me with power from on high. Will you clap your hands unto the Lord? They had an absolute dependence. You can be seated. You, you, you played a really good lame guy. He wasn't lame at all. Good job. You can sit down, buddy. Thank you so much. They had an absolute dependence on the Holy Ghost. They understood that without Him, they could do nothing. Jesus said, Go and tarry in Jerusalem. And wait for the promise of the Father. They had an expectation of outpouring. They didn't know. I don't think they knew, Brother Pat, what day it was going to come. But Jesus said it. And they went expecting that God was going to pour out of His Spirit upon all flesh. We need an expectation. And I think that's here at this church. When somebody comes to the altar, when somebody says, I need the Holy Ghost, and they repent of their sins, we have an expectation that God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Oh, He's faithful. I want God to raise our level of faith, to take away all doubt. He wants people to have the Holy Ghost worse than we want people to have the Holy Ghost. It's Brother Billy Cole. He, uh, I, I probably shared this story before, but Brother Cole, uh, most of you know, he was a powerfully used prophet, or I'm sorry, uh, apostle of God. And the story he tells, and, and probably tells different stories and different versions of the same story. The same sort of story. But... Uh, goes to a, a crusade service and, and I don't know how many hundreds or how many thousands of people received the Holy Ghost and I believe it's Brother Cunningham after service said wow Uncle Bill you, you must have been astounded you must, have, you must have really been amazed at how many people God filled with the Holy Ghost tonight wasn't that amazing 
And Brother Cole said, I would have been absolutely astounded if God had not filled them with the Holy Ghost. He had such an expectation of the infilling of the Spirit. We need an expectation. That's right. Here's my expectation, Sister Sarah. It's whenever I go down the street, whenever I'm driving down the street and I see somebody walking down the sidewalk, I believe that they need the Holy Ghost. I believe they want the Holy Ghost. And I believe God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. I, I just have this weird... I, y'all, but text, just correct me if I'm wrong, but wait till after service, okay? I just look at people that aren't in church and think they want to be part of Glen Ferris Apostolic Church. In fact, I'm astounded that they're not here. It's for everybody. But Jeff, it's for everybody. We're here for everybody. Red, yellow, black, white, green, even aliens. We'll take them. Yes, sir. They probably need the Holy Ghost too. The early church had an expectation of outpouring. They went to the upper room expecting God was going to pour out His Spirit. And the outpouring was so great that by the end of the first day, it was more than the building could hold. Well, that ain't happening here. Yeah, but I believe it's going to. I believe it's going. With everything that's in me, I believe that it's going to. I got seven more points. I got to quit. Let me just give you point number one of the first seven. It says that after the Holy Ghost was poured out, that it was noised abroad, and people began to gather and see what in the world was going on. What happens in the church, and I'm not talking about this building, but what happens in the body of believers ought to be so interesting that people wonder what in the world is going on. I'm so glad that church isn't boring. I'm so glad the church isn't mundane. I'm so glad that I don't have to prop my eyelids open and I don't need a five-hour energy shot to make it through service. But what we've got is something exciting. But what we must do is noise it abroad. Hey, we, we are... When, when Sister Martha shouts and dances, we ought to tell our co-worker, hey, we had this lady who just went crazy in church the other day. He might go crazy in your church like that. Brother Chrisman used to say this, they come to watch a swing from the chandeliers. We ought not disappoint them when they come. <laughs> there was an expectation, and the outpouring was so great. You can stand. I'm going to stop. The expectation and the outpouring was so great that it was more than the building could hold. We, there's another principle. I'll, I'll probably revisit it later. In the New Testament church, just look at somebody. Tell them every believer. Now, some of y'all didn't look at somebody. You just looked at me. Look at somebody else. Every believer was a preacher. <clears throat> Not everybody had a pulpit. In fact, Peter didn't have a pulpit. Yeah. But every believer was a preacher. 
I'm going to say this and say this and say this until they kick me out of here, Brother John. If you have been born again of the water and the Spirit, you can tell somebody else how to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. If God sets you free from being an adulterer, you can tell somebody God set you free. If God sets you free from being an addict, you can tell somebody else God set you free. If God set... Whatever it is, you can tell somebody else. Amen. Mm. And God is going to send outpouring that is greater than we can imagine.